When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, everybody, welcome to the Barca Blogronas podcast, off-season kind of edition. Uh, my name is Josh Sutter. I'm joined by Emil Avanesian. Emil, how are we doing today? Good, man. How are you? Good. We have a lot to talk about today. Uh, we're going to yeah. save the entree of Ansu Fati for last. Mm-hmm. Um, let's talk about some uh, money, as most things have come around to Barcelona. Um, the Barcelona <laughs> members approved yeah. the uh, television rights. And um, sale of BLM, they basically voted the two financial levers that I've been reading about everywhere. Yeah, uh, basically the merchandising and licensing. So this, uh, the first lever was. And I'm just going to read the summary just so because I, I didn't really pay that close of attention. Um, it basically is a sale of 49.9 percent of a stake in Barcelona's licensing and merchandising, which they hope will bring in about 200 million to 300 million euro. Um, the the TV, I don't actually really, I don't know if there's a, oh, I've 500. Wow. That, those are the estimates. And they say it's, in, I mean, I'm, I haven't heard complete confirmation of this, but I think it was something along the, along the lines of 25% of TV revenue that the club generates over a, I don't think it's forever. I think it's over a period of time. But... So I think that was okay. Those are those. either way. Yeah, yeah. it's it, it's a lot of money. I, I don't know enough about the history of Barcelona to know what this implies. Is this Laporta being a good businessman? Like I, I, I did appreciate all the jokes on Reddit about how Bartomeu would have sold a hundred percent for yeah. you know a billion dollars or whatever it was. Um, just joking around, but he actually probably would have. Um, Was this a good deal for Barcelona given their current situation? I mean, I guess like strictly speaking, anything that, you know, there's only, I was going to say only very few. I mean, this is probably realistically the only, the only way to inject, you know, nine figures and, you know, a significant nine figures into the club that is, you know, still basically choking on a billion euros worth of debt. So I mean, in that sense, aren't we speaking, all right? Yeah, exactly. And so, I mean, I guess in that sense, there, there's a way that you can, you can kind of squint and look at this and say like, Hey, you know, they're, you know, this is kind of a doing what we got to do and trying to pull out of the, pull out of this mire as quickly as we can, whatever. I mean, I have problems with this though, that, I mean, particularly the, the, you know, the, the marketing and, licensing piece of this. So if you're going to sell 49.9% of it for two, 300 million or whatever it is, I mean, you essentially get one crack at selling this thing. 
And the same thing, I mean, I guess you could sort of piece, you know, piecemeal together another 24.9% of the TV rights and sell those too, if you want, while still kind of controlling over 50%. But I mean, I guess the whole thing is that so much of this kind of flies in the face of, you know, the, the quote, the ownership model, or the fact that, you know, people, you know, the, the broad, the masses own Barca, and it's not, you know, one, like, private equity firm, or some, like, VC guy, or something that just owns a big part of it, so I think in that sense, um, I really don't care for it. Secondly, I think there's, and in a weird way, okay, so if they were going to do this and they take whatever it is, like say they get 700 million euros or whatever. And I know, you know, like they, this isn't the way necessarily that massive corporate debts are paid off, but if they were to just take that 700 million and, you know, effectively like put 600 million of it or whatever to just paying off the debt, I would feel marginally better about it. But I feel like a lot of this is meant to it, it feels like these large scale kind of selling the family jewels to turn in another, you know, a, a pretty like impressive transfer window or two or three. Like they just, it's like we went through all this, like this period of austerity and this period of like, you know, tough decisions and watching Messi leave and this and that and whatever. And it was essentially they did like just enough and it was just enough uh, belt tightening to get to a place where you can like, you know, sound the starter's pistol again on just spending wildly. And yeah. I don't know if that's ideal. No, I'm hundred percent with you. I, again, I don't necessarily like fully understand how life as a Barcelona supporter will be any different now mm -hmm. that, you know, corporation X owns 49.9% of uh, <laughs> their merchandising rights. Like, I already feel inundated with like being oversold things. Mm -hmm. So I don't necessarily know if I'll notice it. I'm sure some people will. And like, I think people locally like yourself, there might be differences. Mm -hmm. um, I think the, the big thing, like you said, right, is uh, going and spending wildly. Like if that's all this is for, just for them to end up in the same position a few years from now, mm -hmm. uh, that would suck. I don't, I don't think that's what's gonna happen. Uh, I think Laporta is of uh, more sound mind, even though we spent 60 million on Ferran Torres in a place where we probably shouldn't have spent 60 million on anybody. Um, it's still yeah, not, I mean, it's still not as bad. And so I hope Sounder no. minds will prevail uh, and they won't just immediately blow it. Uh, that being said, uh, how much money is too much money for Robert Lewandowski? <laughs> right? I mean, so that, yeah, that's the thing. So we're, so we're talking about Lewandowski. And, you know, if if this had been, if they had, you know, swung these deals three weeks ago, they would have probably tried to reinsert themselves into, like, the Erling Holland sweepstakes or, you know, like, uh, what is it? Every other day, it's like, it's Bernardo Silva for, what, 80 million or whatever it is Man City wants. So, I mean... I'm I'm with you in the sense that whatever this current regime does, like cannot be as like haphazard and just completely, you know, divorced from any kind of intellect and reality as the Bartomeu regime. But I don't think like these guys are, I don't know if the current regime is selling a 
you know, um, I don't know, like a measured, stable and sustainable Barca as much as it is like we need to get back to, you know, actually bringing in the <laughs> the best young players in the world. And we need to figure out any way of paying for it rather than sort of actually going through this period of, you know, kind of rebuilding the club. And I understand the the, the lost revenue from you know, missing the Champions League, if that's what happens, or failing to qualify out of the Champions League is, will exacerbate the problems that already exist. But I do think that this, this whole thing strikes me as, you know, when people, when people who love to spend a ton of money will say things like, you know, you got to spend money to make money. Like very often, I feel like when people say that, they're just, it's just putting lipstick on a horrible decision. Yeah. Uh, here's the thing. He's going to turn 34 in August. He's old. This is a lot of money to spend on, you know, I, I mean, if I ask so you the best strikers in the Levendorf world. Are... Levendorf, he, yeah, I know. Levendorf specifically is he's healthy. He's strong. He, he doesn't miss, you know, months at a time or even like weeks at a time with injury. These are terrible things to say ahead oh, of him moving to Barcelona. But, I mean, this is just this is where we this is where we say it. But I mean, the guy he's moving from like one of the most medically sound places in the entire world to freaking and, and ironically, Barcelona. Barcelona, like the city, the place, the healthcare here is like world class, top notch. The fact that the number one like institution in this place. It has like the Keystone Cops as the doctors. I do not understand it. But so putting that aside, I mean, look, Lewandowski, I know he's he's older and, you know, but he does strike me as a little bit more kind of like in the in the Zlatan mold than in the, you know, and I'm trying to think of like, I don't know, like he doesn't strike me as a guy who's headed for a cliff. I get what you're saying. Like he doesn't, he's athletic, but it doesn't seem like he relies on it's not like blazing speed. I, I don't not, know. He's just like yeah. damn good at everything and still like world-class at everything. Would you, if you had yeah. to make the decision, 50 million, are you doing it? 50 is rich, you know? Like when they were initially talking, like, I don't know. I mean, I read it at some point during this entire process, I read something like 25 to 30. I was like, I can, I can get down with that. You know what I mean? And it, it, of course it depends on like what his... Uh, what his wage demands are too. But if you could get him on, you know, something, something resembling like reasonable wages for 25 to 30. And, you know, you sign him for, even if you sign him for three years, I feel very confident that the first two of those years at the very least, you're going to get, you know, really, really good Robert Lewandowski. And then the third year you still might, but, you know, even if we say that one, you know, it's questionable. I'd be cool with that. But if you're going to pay 50 million and then, you know, presumably he's going to want a, a decent salary. Um, that's, that's pretty steep. You know, you just, you just went in hard on, you know, Ferran Torres. Um, you know, who else is still, I mean, you're not really offloading a lot of salary, you know, I mean, Umtiti's still there, Lenglet's still there. Uh you know, everyone just like Brothwaite's still around. Um, you know, like there's none of it seems like it's financially moving in the right direction. 
I feel like everything is kind of these opaque plans for raising money and lowering costs, but everything we do in the meantime, just kind of like adds to the costs. It does make me a little sad that Byron are getting Sadio Mane for 35 and then we're about to turn around. And so why, yeah, like, why are we not able to do that? Sadio Mane probably didn't want to come to Barcelona. <laughs> Which like, I mean, come on, like, it stinks, but yeah, it just, that does make me very sad. I, it's so depressing. Um, let's talk about something not depressing. Yeah. Uh, there was a very weird video of Usman Dembele being asked about his uh, transfer situation. Yeah. Uh, let me read you the quotes. Uh, he was uh, being asked about a move. Mm. Uh, are you staying at Barcelona? He said yes. Heard anything about Chelsea? Uh, I don't. I don't know why the quotes aren't showing up for me. And then you do not want to work with Tuchel. And then he said, "I'm fine in Barcelona." Um, th this is strange. I, I, again, he's Dembele, but there's again reports, I think yesterday that Chelsea are a little bit concerned about the injury situation and that they are now perhaps slightly more interested in a move for Raheem Sterling. Um, even though they would have to pay probably 30 to 40 million for Sterling. Yeah. Um, uh, and Dembele can come in on a free, um, what does all this mean to you? Um, I mean, I would personally, like, I know it's, you know, this past season was kind of the the epitome of, I guess, what you would call, you know, in, like a contract year for, for Dembele, where he, he stayed healthy and he was fantastic. Like, he essentially was the player that the club thought they were signing on the heels of the whole, of Neymar's departure. And... You know, it's like, okay, so there was like the four, effectively four lost years of injury and kind of sniping, you know, the, the media kind of sniping at him and, you know, all of this. And then he, he sort of, he stuck around and he produced a fantastic season last year. I would love it if he stuck around. Um, I realized, that, you know, to renew his contract or to pay him again, you know, you might be buying high on in terms of both his health and you know but when he's playing like he was playing last season there's only really a handful of players in the world that can do that and he's still what was he 26 i think 25 so like i i feel like we've just we've had this conversation for so long and everyone's sick of the conversation some people are just sick of him or you know just the those first four years kind of scarred people so much that they don't trust in his ability to stay healthy and be productive for the long term but i think we've kind of reached we've gotten to this weird point where like it's like familiarity breeding contempt to where we're like okay so like let's just let this guy go and we'll just go get another one and first of all there are very few players that have the sort of the technical ability and just the, the raw speed that he has. And of the ones that exist, like Barca can't afford any of them. Like people want actual money for players of that caliber. So, I mean, I would try to keep him. I don't know how, I don't know how cheaply he's willing to play. And I realize that's the entire club mantra too, is like every, like every, what, you know, every three days it's Laporta, like, 
in one way or another, effectively just saying like, we only want players who are willing to play at this club for free. So like, you know, we'll, we'll see what, how that shakes out, but um, yeah, I mean, if they can get him on, you know, whatever kind of resembles reasonable or even kind of sub-market wages, I think I'd be all over that rather than letting him walk out the door and, you know, taking my chances in the open market. It, it does excite me thinking about him and Lewandowski playing right. together just because of the Dortmund thing. Um, well, because he was awesome you, with Aubameyang too, and the two of them were awesome together at Dortmund. Yeah, I, yeah, I forgot about that. Um, so this this is going to change like by yeah. the hour. Uh, if you had to make a prediction at this second, does he stay at Barcelona or not? Dembele? Um, it, it's a complete coin flip, so this I, isn't fair, but I'm I mean, just curious. Yeah, like, I mean, whatever. I'm going to say like 51, 49, yes. Um, only in the sense that, because I don't, I don't think he's easily replaced like at all. Um, and so if the club can manage to, if they can do enough of these like financial gymnastics to, you know, be able to re-sign him and be able to afford to register him along with, you know, the new guys and everything. I think if you can sign him to a reasonable wage, um, he's a guy you could move on from if you, whether it's, you know, more financial difficulties or anything else, like having him, it's not like he's an aging player who's, you know, potentially going to fall off a cliff or anything. Like if you sign him to a, you know, three-year deal or whatever, and a year in, it's just not working or whatever. Like that's a guy who's going to have two years left on his contract and, you know, value on the market. So I think in that sense, you kind of protect your, you protect your interests both ways. I mean, you have the you have the good to potentially great player, and then, but he's not he's not going to be an albatross. Um, what do you think about the Memphis Depay extension talks? Do you want Memphis Depay extended? Um, so I'll admit I liked him way more than I expected to when we were going into last season. Um, admittedly, I hadn't like watched him a ton, you know, whether at Man United or at Lyon or you know, when he played in, was it PSV Eindhoven or something? Whichever, yeah, when he played in Holland. Um, so, I mean, my familiarity with them was largely kind of what I had read and, you know, kind of just YouTube clips and compilations and stuff like that. He looked good. I Everything I had read suggested his attitude kind of might potentially suck. Um, but it turned out, like, that wasn't the case at all. Like, he came in and he was one of the only people in this especially in those early kind of the, the dark, depressing, uh, post-messy, late, late stage Kumin days where who didn't, you know, he seemed like the most self-assured and kind of ready for the moment and ready to be a star player, you know, on the squad. And I mean, they desperately needed him. I mean, he, he wasn't as big, you know, kind of down the stretch in the second half of the season, but I think his contributions in the first half were huge. And even towards the end, like, you know, when he wasn't starting and playing every game and everything, like there was no sense that he was kind of agitating or, you know, creating any drama behind the scenes. So in that sense, I mean, again, it all comes down to, I guess, you know, what is the average, you know, what is the annual cost of keeping him? But if, 
if that can be done at a at a reasonable price, um, I mean, I'd be all for it. Because also, I mean, I mean, he's a guy where at some point you can only let. I know right now Barcelona have a glut of attackers, but if you start, you know, if Dembélé is gone and you know if you're letting Dembélé walk, if you you're letting Memphis walk and stuff like that, that thins out very quickly. And so I think he's a good player. So you'd probably have to replace him even if he left. And I don't know if you could replace him as cheaply as you could keep him. Um. Okay. Last guy we're going to talk about before we talk about Ansufati. Yep. Uh, we're about to find out uh, whether or not Barcelona actually like Frankie de Jong or not. Um, it seems like they are holding Manchester United hostage here and they're actually going to do some good business. Um, there's reportedly already been a 70 million uh, offer rejected by Barcelona mm -hmm. and uh, they're trying to get it like in the mid 80s is yeah. what I've seen kind of online. Um, I here's the thing. I love Frankie De Jong. Yeah, I didn't actually think United were gonna like get that high. Um, is this a good bit of business for Barcelona to do at that price range? I mean, probably. And like, I I too love Frankie De Jong. Like, I would um, like if this was a situation where, like, if if money were kind of no object for Barca or if, you know, the, the financial health was, was great. Um, I would understand not wanting to even entertain talk of moving him on. Um, but I think like, as with everything, it kind of circles back to the, to the financial difficulties and, you know, every, every so often, like you see an article where it's, you know, it'll be this laundry list of players that, you know, Barca are eager to move on from Intiti and Lenglet and Brothwaite and, you know, whatever, you know, Neto. And finally, and then it goes to like, you know, and maybe Frankie de Jong. Like, that's literally the only name on that list that you can, I mean, the, these articles essentially are building up to like, it's a wish list to try to get rid of the other guys. This is the only person that can realistically, you know, give you a huge cash infusion to, to help attack this debt or whatever. But I, I do understand kind of swapping out Frankie de Jong for whatever you can get for, because I guess they can only use a third of whatever they generate from selling him on transfers under the legal rules. What? Okay, then how does, can you explain the Neymar transfer to me then? <gasps> oh, no, 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 because of their, uh, no, because of the financial Oh. bind that they're in okay yeah, yeah. okay yeah because yeah so no like if you basically if you're not broke you can do whatever you want okay but, i was right. like that seems I, I don't remember that being a rule okay yeah that no, makes no, sense. no it's no that's no it's essentially like the under spain's version of kind of ffp but i would love to not get rid of him uh but like his i feel like is I feel like this one is probably going to end up happening at some price. Um, I feel like United probably will cave at some point. You know, this thing probably gets done at like, I don't know, whatever, 80, 85. Like, you know, hopefully they can at the very least extract a, a big price for him. But I mean, I, I hate it, but I mean, I think, I feel like that's one of those 
we talked all these last couple of years about like the, the difficult decisions that have to be made. And I think given the sort of the sellable players that Barca have and who actually wants them, like, I think he's the only huge windfall that you can really generate off of the current roster. All right. Um, let's talk about Ansifati. So you sent me this piece you wrote, which yeah. I'm going to link. Uh, gorgeous piece about Fati, you know, having a second chance at a fresh start. Uh, you end it talking about how he has the potential to bring the magic back to the camp now. All of these things are true. Uh, unfortunately, there was Good also times. a report. Again, just a, ju- just a report um, from Ben Ayed talking about, uh, I'm just going to read it. He said, quote, five months later, he is not ready for the highest level of competition. He's still far from ready. The idea inside Barcelona, he should have had the surgery. He made a big mistake. Um, this also kind of goes on the back of Luis Enrique saying uh, kind of the reason that uh, Fati didn't play in any of Spain's Nations League games. He said the injury is recovered, but so far I haven't seen him at the level mm-hmm. I want. Uh, Fati, of course, came back for Barcelona, but didn't start any of the matches. Um, they're due back for training in about two weeks before a little U.S. tour uh, before yep. La Liga starts up again in August. Um, kind of what were your thoughts around that report from Ben? Uh, did you... <laughs> It scared me. It I'm not lie. Yeah, I mean, it, it's awful. The idea behind him being like, I, I don't understand that. Like, I mean, I guess again, it's Fati's decision, right? If he wanted to go kind of the and I know he conservative. And the, the previous season, like his his injuries kept, you know, he kept he kept having those complications and everything. And I guess he had like four surgeries when he was missing the the lion's share of. Um, you know, just like that huge chunk of time that he missed. So, yeah. Sorry, so, it, yeah. It, no, I was just gonna say, like, who could blame him based off how many surgeries he reportedly did have yeah. for him not wanting to have another surgery? Um, at the same time, I hope he consulted the best medical professionals in yep. the world, uh, and I hope that a collective decision was made, and it wasn't just a decision where he was off on an island. Uh, so let's just kind of put that to mm-hmm. the side. Talk to me about how Fati, if healthy, <sighs> can bring the magic back to I Barca. mean, he is the... I, and look, I think Pedri is an absolute wizard. And just he's destined to be a top three midfielder in the world. And, you know, Gavi is just... A, a freak and a monster and he's going to be a you know just a superstar and I think Ronald Araujo is incredible I mean he's kind of this almost like this heaven sent uh you know kind of gift for the back line but I think like Ansu at his best has all of those things so he's you know he has all that kind of the youth the the precociousness so the the intelligence the you know, I guess I almost call it like the institutional knowledge, like uh, of just knowing how Barca play and how you just what his role is. And on top of that, I mean, he's just so explosive, so exciting. I mean, I think in a way that none of the other three who, in my estimation, are all going to be, you know, world-class players for the next decade. Um, he's, I think, just like a lightning bolt in a way that, they're not and you know it also does come down to the fact that at his best like he can score goals and score them 
quickly. You know what I mean? Like we, it's, I understand, like, I mean, I, the, the nuanced approach to, to everything kind of looking at, you know, little things and this and that, but I mean, this guy actually has the ability to it just, like I said, I mean, just be like a lightning bolt through, through the team, shred opposing defenses and stuff the ball in the net and, you know, just do it in a way that kind of gives you, gives you chills when he's, when he's on. Um, I think he's, he's the most singular, I think, of Barca's, like, young potential superstar core um, at full strength. No, I'm 100% with you, and that's the part that's, like, he reminds me of his talent is different. Mm-hmm. He's a different player, but, like, when Dembele first came to Barcelona mm-hmm. and uh, you saw the speed and how it looked like he was playing a different game yep. than everybody else on the pitch. Like that's the type of talent that Fati has. Yes. And it, it would be unfair to say Dembele's talent has been unrealized because we just watched him be the best player at Barcelona over the last few months. Yes. Um, I think Dembele still has a chance to overcome the injury history and become, yep. there's still like a chance like that happens. Because we got the proof of concept with him, yeah. you know? Like exactly. it can happen. And we've seen the flashes of Fati. Uh, and mm-hmm. unfortunately, it's also been marred by not as controversial of an injury history, uh, just a more traditional injury history. But nevertheless, like we talked about, like we're here, uh, they have been more than cautious, it seems like. And we're still about to head into a season, a World Cup year, where uh, anytime he steps on the pitch, we're going to be pretty scared for a little bit. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, and that's kind of the most jarring thing about it is like so obviously like we don't know what exactly it is that is prompting like these these comments and the and the talk of how his you know how he's not back to to full strength and questions about whether he ever will be back to sort of his pre-injury you know dynamism I mean, there's, I'm of a couple of minds on this and that's, if at this point, like we're, if this is where we are and multiple doctors now are saying this, or, you know, people can confirm it. And if you can almost retroactively fix this stuff, you know what I mean? Or, you know, kind of better late than never get a surgery and, you know, it would suck again. Like, so, you know, you lose them for another half season, but if you can get a surgery that actually sets things right and, you know, with a recovery period, you know, puts him in a position to actually have, you know, a good next decade of his career, like that's a, that's a pill I'd be, I'd be willing to swallow. I mean, if, if it's something worse than that, if it's sort of beyond, if it's simply just a question of, you know, Hey, this is just what he is now. So, you know, like he's, He's at best going to be 80% of what we thought he was. And you just try to put him in bubble wrap and to hope, you know, and hope you get what you can from him. That's deeply, deeply depressing. But, you know, I guess like you have to cross that bridge, you know, when you get to it. But my, I mean, my hope is that there is actually some sort of cor- like corrective measure that can be taken. Because I don't know. I mean, none of the comments that I read suggest that just a good, you know, couple of months of, you know, just laying down and resting are going to be sufficient. So if there is some sort of like corrective measure that can be taken, I mean, I guess, you know, you have to 
that's another one of those like tough decisions is, you know, sacrifice three, four months of, you know, um, somewhat, you know, hampered or hamstrung on Sufati now for a shot at kind of the, the real deal superstar, you know, a year or two from now. Oh, I hated everything about that. Um, all right, we're just going to forget that, that, that happens. Yeah. Um, I'm going to put the link to Emil's piece in the description mm -hmm. or in, in the show notes. Uh, we're just going to pretend that this report is. I'm so deeply sorry for for just jinxing, jinxing onto. I was so excited <laughs> to have like a positive Fati talk, and then this came out. Um, are you working on anything else right now? Are you? Uh, uh, actually, yeah. So. Um, a couple of things. I mean, I'm working on something for Urban Pitch about uh, Barca Femini and this uh, this off season, the sort of the, the comings and goings in uh, in the transfer world with with them, and just kind of uh, with a little bit of like broader broader context and kind of how how it's interesting just watching this superstar dynastic team sort of evolve on the fly. Um, and also today, um, I actually received. I guess it came out a few days ago, but uh, I received my physical copy of the latest issue of the blizzard, which has um, uh, an article that I wrote about um, sort of the history of women's football at FC Barcelona. So going back to the early seventies up through the, the Barca Femini now. And so those are the two big things that I'm working on now. And uh, I've got a little something else that uh, you and I can talk about. It's it. It's an interesting, it's, the idea has been described as experimental. So we're going to see if uh, I can actually pull this off. Uh, that might be coming out in a couple of months, but that's kind of occupying my time right now. Cool. Well, I'm excited to talk about experimental things in the future. Uh, Emil, as always, you can find him at Hardwood Hype on Twitter. And again, we'll have all of um, the links in the show notes. So Emil, thank you for joining us as always. Josh, thanks a lot, man. Appreciate it.